Well, good morning. You know, my New Year's resolution this year was that I wasn't going to uh, turn my mic off and come up onto the, st- onto the platform, and I have failed at that. So next year, I'm going to do much better. Well, it is a joy to be here. How many of you were able to come last night to Carol's? Amen. And it was amazing, wasn't it? Let's let them know how thankful we are. Were y'all all here last night? Yes. All right. So tonight, we also have carols at 6 o'clock. Love for you to come and be a part. Uh, Invite your friends, invite your family members. Uh, The choir has worked so hard in the orchestra, um, and it was amazing last night, and I just praise God for that. And then afterwards, we had a little time of cookies and cocoa out in the breezeway, and that was a wonderful time last night as well. Uh, We're going to have that again after our carols tonight. Um, just in case, so that you'll know if it is raining, then we'll move into the uh, fellowship hall. Uh, but if it's not raining, it'll be out in the breezeway. You know, we have had some unique weather down here. I thought it was supposed to be cold during this time of the year, but it's just been foggy. Um, it is Mobile, Alabama, right? So today we are going to affirm both our budget for 2023 and also. Um, the deacons who have been nominated. Now you may say, David, are you going to bring the deacons up? Not today because we're having a ordination time in January for those who have not been um, ordained. But I am going to share and we'll start with the deacon nomination. Um, and I'm going to ask the church to affirm we have David Adams, Tim Anderson, Richard Atwell, Willie Dunham, Gary Gable, Gary Greeno, Kendall Jordan, Bill McDonald. John Raglan, Roger Skipper, and Marcus Young. They are the ones who have come, uh, have been nominated. I have met with all of the new uh, coming on deacons, and I have prayed with them and spent a wonderful time with them. And so I bring this before the church to affirm them as deacons for the 2023 year and for three years from that point on. So all those that are in favor, say aye. All right. And any oppose? I don't know if I'm even supposed to do that, but any oppose? Awesome. Well, praise the Lord. Um, Let's uh, continue on with our budget uh, 2023. Many of you got this. This was out in the lobby. Uh, Martin Dorsett was there to answer any questions that you may have. You could call into the office, but it's been out there for the past two weeks, also in our bulletin that you get online. Um, And so after looking at the 2023 Budget, all those that are uh, in agreement or affirm the budget, say aye. Aye. And all those that disagree, or um, all right, well, praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to figure out the parliamentary procedure sometime between now and the time I retire. So, but listen, um, we are super excited about carols tonight and all that's going to take place. Love for you to be a part. I also have one more really big announcement, but I'm going to share that right after today, right before we leave, after the teaching time, uh, because I want it to be something that, that, that you remember and that you take home with you, and so I'll share this about something that we're going to do in the month of January uh, in the days to come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin. Father, we praise your holy name, and we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And Father, today we pray that that your name is lifted high in this place. Father, may it be all about you and you alone. Father, I pray that our hearts would be uh, turned to you. 
And Father, that, that we can come before your throne because we have clean hands and a pure heart. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all glory. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 We're so glad to have you here with us this morning. If you're a guest with us, we'd love for you to fill out the card that's in the seat back pocket that's right in front of you and place it in one of the boxes in the back of the room. We'd love for you to get a little bit more information about Luke 418 Fellowship. And I can't say enough that I'm proud of our orchestra and our choir uh, for all the, the hard work that they have put in for, uh, for carols this year. And I want to personally invite each and every one of you and your 50 closest friends to come tonight. Okay, because we are celebrating our Savior's birth, but also the hope that we have in Jesus. Past, present, and future. So to invite you all tonight, we're going to start our service today with our carol medley. Would you clap for the choir as we uh, bring this carol medley this morning?
And now Brother David's ready to preach. Now, uh, please stand together with us. We're going to be singing some carols today as well, celebrating the Newmore King and the way that he is in and through our lives, the way the Holy Spirit leads us. Let's sing together. Why don't you welcome someone around you as we sing, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Hark the Herald, Angels Heaven adore. Christ by highest heaven adore. Christ the everlasting. Do you believe it? of the Lord. Say amen this morning. Give him a hand clap of praise. I love Christmas time. Every single part of it. Being with family. Being able to be uh, off work for a little bit, you know? Being able to eat some Christmas cookies, right? But all that without Jesus is meaningless. I'll tell you where we're at right now. If you're a Christian in the room today, we're in the already, but the not yet. We're already given victory in Jesus. Amen? Do you believe it? But we're still in this world that's tough, that's beaten down and bruised. So what do you do? 
Whether he gives, whether he takes away, we say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? Let's sing together. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Amen. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Sing every blessing. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glory. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Lift it up to him today. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glory. tell you when he gave Jesus he gave us the greatest gift that we could ever imagine in a little town called Bethlehem 
how about a little town called Mobile, Alabama? Do you think that he could do great things in Mobile? I think he can. Heart, soul, mind, and strength, if we are together for one purpose of carrying the gospel around the world, I know he can do great things. Let's sing together. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee light above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in thy dark streets shine the as we continue in worship. The name Emmanuel, whether with an E or with an I, means the same thing. God with us. And it doesn't mean God's with us in another state. God's with us in another country. God's with us, but He's up in heaven. It means that He is right exactly beside us. And when all you have is Christ, you have all you need. So as we sing this together, let it be the prayer of your heart today. Hallelujah, all I have is Christ, hallelujah, Jesus is my life. Jesus, thank you for being all we need for life and salvation. I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way. The sin that promised joy in life had led me to the grave. I had no hope that you would own a rebel to your will. And if you had not loved me first, I would refuse you still. But as I ran, I held my grace, indifferent to the cost, 
Father, we are so grateful, we're so thankful that you've given us life and life abundantly that we did not deserve, that we would have never chosen on our own. But you have given us a choice. You have given us a way, the truth. You've given us the life that we can live to be more like you each and every day. As we live in the victory that you give, knowing our destination is sure, knowing that we are becoming more like Christ if we're following after you, knowing that we have a community of believers that are right there beside us. We pray that you would help us to navigate the valleys of this life, to have hope in hopeless situations, and to give that hope freely to others, that we would truly say that our Lord, Emmanuel, is right 
beside us, leading and guiding us as our good shepherd. We pray just for our, our pastor. Speak through him today. Let us know that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Amen. next year. Amen. I don't know what just happened, but I wanted to let y'all know that whenever something does happen, it's usually me, not the sound team, and that we have a wonderful sound team that does a great job. Now, I did say usually, but not. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, open up to Matthew chapter 1, and we're also going to be in Luke chapter 1 today. So Matthew 1 and Luke chapter 1. We've been in this theme for the last couple weeks and carols tonight, Hope Has a Name. Last week we saw that Hope Has a Name, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Today, we're going to look and see that hope has a name. Its name is Jesus, but we see also that his name is Emmanuel. Now, as Brother Aaron shared, whether you spell it with an E or with an I, both are correct. One comes from the Hebrew translation into the English, and the other comes from the Hebrew to the Greek to the English. And so that's the reason why both of those are there. You know, I was thinking about Christmas as I love this time of year. It's like my favorite time of year for all the same reasons Aaron shared. But ultimately, it's because we get to proclaim that hope has come. We share it. People are celebrating and we get to say, hey, do you know what Christmas is all about? It's all about celebrating the birth of Jesus, that hope has come. You know, Oftentimes in our life, we stress ourselves out during this time of the year looking for the best and most perfect Christmas present. Have you ever said this before? I just don't know what to get them. I don't know what to get this person. I want to get them something that they truly want. I want to get them the best thing. I remember oftentimes as, as a young kid wanting to get somebody the best gift, the most perfect gift. I remember one time as a kid, I said, you know what, I want to get my mom and dad the best gift I know possible. And so I went out and and being a a high school student, I I did work at Chick-fil-A, so I did have a little bit of money. Um, And uh, so I went out and I decided one day that I was going, like the best perfect gift was a, a, a surround sound for the TV. But the reality of it is, is that that surround sound was really for me. And then, because I didn't have much money, I bought one that didn't really work that well. So this best perfect gift that was ultimately for me didn't turn out as best as I wanted it to be. But the reality of it is, is that you can stop looking for the most perfect gift for someone. Because the most perfect gift has already been given. The most perfect gift is Jesus Christ. And that's what we celebrate at this time of the year. My prayer is that we would celebrate every day 
that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose again and ascended to heaven so that we may be set free, that we may have life. Today, as we look at the scriptures in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke 1, I want you to realize, I want us to look at Joseph and I want to look at Mary. And I want you to see some, some of the attributes, some of the things that, that, that are spoken about them in their life. And, and, and let's kind of try to jump into the story a little bit to, to get a perspective. So we're going to walk through Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had um, considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translation translated means God with us. Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, you are so good and we praise your holy name. Father, I thank you. I thank you for sending your son. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and dying on the cross for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for raising him from the dead that we may be saved. Oh, Father, we love you. We praise you. We ask that this passage would just be rooted into our hearts deeply as we hear from you today. Put me on the front row and let me learn as well. As we look at your holy word. For it's in your precious and holy name. Amen. The first thing I want us to see in this passage is is the story of Joseph. And there's a very interesting uh, word in here in verse 19. It says, Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man. Being a righteous man. Now, that kind of jumped out to me because oftentimes we focus on the story of Mary and the birth of Jesus, the shepherds. We focus on the wise men who come a little bit later, right? And all these different, and and Herod and, and Jesus going to Egypt. But oftentimes we just kind of gloss over Joseph. But let's kind of jump into this story and, and think about Joseph for a moment. Joseph was betrothed to Mary. All right, so we consider that like an engagement. But there's a difference. This engagement this, um, that, that, that Joseph and Mary had, it was binding. Like they were married, but they have not um, consummated the marriage, right? So if he were to leave Mary, it would be as if there was a divorce that took place. In our engagement, you can say, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to step away from this. But in, in this situation, it wasn't like that. Mary goes to her relative's house for three months and comes back and Joseph finds her with child. Now, just put yourself in Joseph's mindset for a second. 
when Joseph sees that Mary is with child, there's only one explanation for this. And if it wasn't Joseph, his mind would have said, then who? Church, oftentimes we don't remember this portion because we just think, oh, well, we know the whole story. We know what happens. Angel comes to him, and now he just, uh, you know, you, he, he finds out the truth. He knows what's happening, and so the story goes on. But can you imagine the emotions that Joseph would have gone through? I think for a moment. In this moment, he probably would have felt betrayed. In this moment, he would have been confused. In this moment, emotions of, of frustration and possibly anger could have come over him. What's interesting is that it says that he was a righteous man. And because he was a righteous man, he responded to the situation instead of reacting to the situation. Because he was a righteous man, he didn't let his emotions lead in his uh, actions, but he allowed uh, the truth to lead. And he knew God's word, obviously, because he was a righteous man who trusted in God. Joseph didn't let his emotions lead, but instead he had compassion upon Mary. Look at what it says in verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to what? Disgrace her. Not wanting to disgrace her. He had compassion on Mary. He had gentleness. He was concerned for her. Church, we know the whole story. We know that Mary had done nothing wrong in this moment. But Joseph, seeing this in human terms, would not be able to understand what had happened. But even in this moment of feeling betrayed, or what's going on, or I don't understand, he walked according to God's word, and he was uh, compassionate and gentle concerning her. He desired what was best for her. So what did he do? In verse 20, 19, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Do you realize what could have happened to Mary in this situation? It could have been very bad for her. But he said, I'm going to send her away quietly. I don't want her to be disgraced. I don't want all of the, the cultural norms to come upon her. Church, this is a very great point here. How do we react when we feel as if someone has hurt us? How do we respond? Do we respond in the flesh by throwing a pity party and trying to get everybody that we can to be on our side? Do we respond by trying to build up an army against the other person? Do we respond by seeking revenge? Church, the scripture calls us to walk worthy of the calling. Joseph, considered a righteous man, walked in the truth. Do we walk in the truth when we sense that somebody has hurt us or brought about pain or done something against us? Church, do we pray for them? Do we live out Galatians 6 verse 1, which 
calls us to, to, to go. It says, even if anyone is caught in any trespasses, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you will not be tempted. Church, do we seek out reconciliation when we have that, that feeling that, that somebody has done something against us? Do we live according to God's holy word? He was considered to be a righteous man. What's interesting, though, is, is that Joseph didn't have the full story, did he? I tell people all the time there's three sides to every story. There's this person's side, there's this person's side, and then there's the truth, right? Y'all never heard that? that? That is the truth. But he didn't have the full understanding. It goes on in verse 20, When he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, because the angel of the Lord came to him and shared this, because Joseph was planning to quietly send her away, we know that up until this moment, he did not fully grasp what was happening. He didn't know. The Lord gives Joseph, sends an angel to proclaim to him that the child within Mary is of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure he was very thankful that he walked in righteousness. And then it says that he did exactly which the angel said. Well, let's jump over to Luke chapter 1 and let's look at this virgin birth. Let's look at the virgin birth. In Matthew 1, we see, in Matthew 1, we see this idea of Joseph, a righteous man who responded correctly instead of allowing his emotions to lead his way. And then we see that the angel tells him that, that the virgin Mary is with child by God. God has placed this through the Holy Spirit inside of her. In Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38, we see this interaction with Mary. It says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation was this. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. When we look at the virgin birth, one of the first things that jumps out at me is that we see that Mary found favor with God. Now, there was a time back in my life where I was so intrigued with the favor of God that I did a study all throughout the Scripture just of how and and, and who saw the favor of God in their life. And I've basically brought it down to one passage. Second Chronicles 16.9. It says this, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that He may strongly support those whose hearts is completely His. Church, I don't know everything about Mary's life. I don't know all that she did or didn't do. But what I do know is that she found favor with God. And I believe that she lived out 2 Chronicles 16.9 in the first portion of this verse that God saw that her heart 
was completely his. God saw that his heart, her heart was completely his. It says this in verse 31. The angel says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? She says, I, I don't fully understand how this is going to take place. Now, it's interesting to me that when Mary speaks this, it comes from a place of humility. I don't understand. Share with me. Because previous in Luke chapter 1, we saw that uh, Zacharias, that when he said, how do I know for certain, his tongue stopped moving and he couldn't speak. We know that in Mary's understanding, this was out of humility. How can this happen? I don't, I don't, I don't grasp this. She's not saying, hey, I, I, it's not going to happen. I need proof. She's just, how does this happen? And in verse 35, we get one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. We see the Trinity. The Trinity in the virgin birth. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for this reason, the Holy Child shall be called what? The Son of God. Church, we see the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the virgin birth. The Holy Spirit shall come. The power of the Most High will overshadow, and the child will be called the Son of God. The angel then says, And behold, your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was barren is now in her sixth month. And I love this, for nothing is impossible with God. You may say, David, I, I struggle with the idea of the virgin birth. You may say, David, I just, I don't see how this is possible. Well, it's not that you struggle with the virgin birth. It's that you struggle that God's all-powerful. Because listen, if God can place the Holy Spirit within me as a dead person who now has come to life by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the sacrifice of Christ, and has placed His Spirit within me, it is nothing for God to place Jesus within the womb of Mary. He says, nothing is impossible for him. Church, we walk by faith, not by sight. And see, oftentimes we walk and we say, as long as I can comprehend it, as long as I can understand it, I'm good. Church, that's not what God's calling us to. God's calling us to walk by faith. By trusting that He is who He says He is and that nothing is impossible with our God. Let me just remind you what Paul says in that prayer in Ephesians. At the end of this prayer in Ephesians, I believe it's chapter 3, it may be chapter 2, he says, For God can do far more abundantly than you could ever ask or think. Don't put your human parameters on God. Don't put your human thinking on God. He is not limited to our parameters. And let me just say, praise God, He's not limited to our parameters. 
Then Mary says this, verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed. See, the virgin birth, we see the Trinity. We see one who has found favor with God, who had a heart completely for him. We see that nothing's impossible with God. And we see Mary trust the Father's will. Mary trusts the Father's will with this profound statement. May it be done to me according to your word. Church, Mary spoke this knowing that she would go through trials. How will I explain to Joseph could have gone through her mind. What what am I going to be able to tell him that's going to help him understand that an angel of the Lord just came to me and said that I'm going to be with child? How will Joseph know? Everyone in my community is going to think that I have sinned. My life could literally be in danger. And Mary said, let it be done. Just as you said. Church, Mary trusted that no matter what she goes through, she was in God's perfect plan and perfect will. Mary trusted that God would be her provision. Mary trusted that God would be her protection. And that God's will will be accomplished. Are you willing to say that about your life? Are you willing to say, God, that which you have said about my life, let it be done. That which you are calling me to do, let it be done. God, your will for my life, not my own. God, your will, your way, not my own. Jesus tells us to count the cost, church. He tells us in the scriptures, count the cost. Recognize that when you come to faith, you are giving everything. You're laying it all down. I shared with you that in the country that that, that I was just recently, that when people are baptized and they take baptism, that they are literally saying that I am trusting God and I recognize that everything that I have known is gone. I lay it all down to follow Christ. Church, have you laid down your whole life before God and said, my life is yours as you please? Maybe we need to sing the song that he is the potter and I'm the clay. The clay doesn't say to the potter, hey, here's what I want out of my life. I want you to make me into this really nice fine china to put up so that people can just look at me. No, the potter designs that clay the way that he wills and that he plans. Just a moment ago, we sang this song that that says, Every blessing that you give, I give back to you. Every blessing you pour out, I give back to praise you. Can I tell you that after going outside of the country, that song means so much more to me because I have realized that everything that I have is a blessing from God. And I saw people that had very, 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 very little 
possibly just one or two shirts. Not much food on the table. No electricity. And they praised God with all their heart. Church, as we sing that song, if we are like Mary and we say, hey, that whatever you say, I, I, you, let it be done. My life is yours, God. Everything I have is yours. Then we can truly sing with reckless abandonment. We can say, every blessing that you give, I give back to you. In the toughest of times, I trust you and your will and your plan. In the best of times, I use everything that you've given me for your glory and your praise. Mary not just didn't just say this in 38, where she said, may it be done according to your word. But Mary, in what many people say, the, the song of Mary, in verse 46 through 55, which we won't read all of it, but I want you to see in verse 46, 47, and 48, Mary says this when she goes to Elizabeth. Remember, the, the, the child in Elizabeth's womb jumped, leaped for joy. Mary then speaks this. And she says this. My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For He has, he has had regarded for the, the humble state of this bond slave... For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. Think about this. Mary in this moment has not shared with Joseph. In this moment, she has not gone back to the culture and the people around. She's in this safe place with Elizabeth who is also rejoicing in the child in her womb, because in Mary's womb, because she recognizes that this is something amazing of God. And Mary says, from this point on, I will be blessed because of what has taken place. She recognizes that she's going to go through difficult times and heartaches. And Joseph, at first, was, how do, how do I do this properly? How do I leave her properly? But she trusted that God's plan would go to fulfillment. And she said, I rejoice. My soul exalts in the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the humble state of his bondservant. And from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. So let's jump back to Matthew 1. In Matthew 1, we've seen this understanding of Joseph being a righteous man who responded instead of reacted. Then we see the virgin birth, which we went over to Luke 1 to get a, a more of an understanding. It's interesting to me, Joseph and Mary walked in righteousness and found favor with God because they trusted that God would send a Savior. They trusted that hope would come. Church, hope in the Greek means an expectation to know or expect something will happen. We call it today the Advent season. Advent means the expectant waiting on. Church, Mary and Joseph trusted 
and believed with all their heart that hope was coming. They trusted and believed that the Savior that God spoke about in Genesis chapter 3 and through all the prophets and all the different people throughout the Old Testament, that He was coming. And so they walked in righteousness and their hearts were completely His. Little did they know that this hope would come through Mary. By God placing Jesus in her womb. This Advent season we celebrate that hope that Mary and Joseph were expectantly waiting for has come. And this hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And Matthew goes on to give us even more of this name. And he says that his name is called Emmanuel. God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Church, this is, this is so powerful to me. Think about this. In the garden, God walked with Adam and Eve until they took of the fruit. They were removed from the garden so that ultimately they would pass away one day. Right? The scripture says that if you lived in the garden and took of that tree, you would live forever. And so they removed them. That, it's actually a blessing. I've already talked about that on a, on a Wednesday night. I'll share more if you would like more about, about that later. Now we see God in His Son Jesus walking with us again. Jesus comes. Emmanuel, God, with us. There's no better passage than Philippians 2 that speaks of what took place. In Philippians 2, verses 6 through 10, it says, in verse 5, it says, Have the attitude of Christ. In verse 6, Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. Praise God for this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Church, when I think about this idea of Emmanuel, God with us, I continue to think that Jesus is fully God and he's fully man. He's fully God and he's fully man. I remind you uh, that which is sung in our carols but was also spoken in Isaiah chapter 7 or excuse me, Isaiah chapter 9. It says that, that a child will be born but a son will be given. A child will be born. We see that Jesus is fully man. But a son will be given. We see that Jesus is fully God in Isaiah chapter 9. There's another passage in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 that also speaks of this and I love this. 
It says in Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who had been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Let's stop there for just a moment. He's fully God, sinless, sinless. Because of the virgin birth, Jesus was not conceived in sin. He was not born into sin. If it had been between one man and one woman, Jesus would deserve the death that that, that he got upon the cross. But because he was born of a virgin, he was not born into sin, fully God, the Son of God, sinless. But because he was born... And because he, a child was born, he walked on this earth just as we do. And church, he went through the same things that we go through. But he was found without sin. You know, in Matthew, the, the enemy comes and, and we see the temptation of Jesus. He continues to quote God's holy word. And he stands firm. We see throughout the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and they're trying to catch Jesus and they're trying to get him to, to speak something that, that's, that's wrong or incorrect and every time he's about a million steps ahead of them and he walks sinless. In the Garden of Gethsemane, as he falls on his face and he says, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass. But if you remember, he said he came to do the Father's will. And so he said, not my will, but your will. Church, in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Because God sent his Son, Emmanuel, fully God, fully man, that he walked on this earth and that he was tempted in all things as we are. Yet because he's fully God, he stood firm against the enemy. The victory was his. He won the battle. He won the war. He, was, he rose again on the third day, conquering sin, hell, and the grave. And because of that, we can draw near to him with confidence to the throne of grace we can receive mercy and find grace and help in our time of need church we celebrate emmanuel god with us the jesus stepped down and took on the form of a bond servant for you and for me so that we could be set free Church, this is one of the greatest times of the year. Hope has come. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Emmanuel. For Matthew says that he will save his people from their sins. Emmanuel. Fully God. Sinless. Fully man. Which means that when he went Upon the cross, fully God, fully man, He was the propitiation for our sins. He was the substitute. He took what we deserved upon the cross. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. He, God, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus. Church, I pray that this season that we don't miss it. Hope has a name. 
Hope has come. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel. As I share with you, Jesus came as a baby, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, a death that he did not deserve, and he rose again on the third day, and Jesus ascended to heaven. But praise God that he did not leave us as orphans. He's still with us today. He sent his Holy Spirit to live within our lives. For those who believe and trust in Jesus as the Lord and Savior, not just by lip service of saying, hey, I'm a Christian. No, those who have truly laid their life down before the throne of God and received the free gift of eternal life says that the Holy Spirit comes to live within them. God places His sanctuary within our heart, fills it with the Holy Spirit of promise. And church, here's the beautiful thing. When we abide, those who are born again, those who are in Christ Jesus, when we abide and dwell in Jesus, the Holy Spirit produces fruit through us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And because Christ, because of Christ, we can truly follow the example of Joseph and Mary. Because of Christ. We can walk in righteousness. Because of Christ, we can say, let your will be done in my life. Church, because of Christ, we're not waiting on the the coming of the Messiah. We're waiting now on the return of the Messiah, the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. But until the Messiah returns, until Jesus comes back, which could be literally right now, we're called to walk in righteousness. And we're called to give our life, every blessing that He's poured out out, out on, I give back in praise. Praise God that hope has come. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us.